All right. Welcome to another episode of the Speed Change Repeat podcast today with Marlon Braumann. Hi, Marlon. How are you doing? Hey, good morning. I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. Yes. So you are a very exciting person, as every person that is on this podcast. So we do not have not exciting people here. Uh, so that is one thing that you have in common with everyone. But obviously, you uh, do also very interesting things, and um, you know we're going to dive deep into some, you know, some some topics that that we kind of you know prepared. And um, but first things first, uh, we obviously would like to know who is it that we're talking to. So kind of you know as the first thing for today, would be great if you could kind of tell us you know in a storytelling way who Marlon is, where are you coming from, and uh, what are you doing today. As you said, my name is Marlon. I'm uh, 32 years old, born and raised in, uh, in Wiesbaden, which is a small city in, uh, in Germany. After I graduated there, I uh, went to uni and uh, studied economics. So I did my bachelor's, uh, master's, and uh, eventually also did my PhD in economics. Um, but I always wanted to become an entrepreneur. So um, basically, my I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So I um, basically, my, my, my parents, they were entrepreneurs. Even my grandparents, they they, they were entrepreneurs, so I, I didn't even know back then how um, how a life could be without having your own business. Um, so uh, basically, I always had this motive very, very deeply in, in, in me. And um, uh, so when I went to uni, I, and even when I did my PhD, I already know that one day I'll start definitely, I'll definitely start my own company. And uh, right after PhD, I, I did so. And uh, I uh, launched my, my first company. It was a, today I'd say a typical uh, well, venture case. So um, was a company which is called store to be uh, a basically booking.com for retail space. Um, I did that together with three co-founders. Um, it was in 2015. Um, I was back then I was 26. Um, and we managed to, to grow the company over a couple of years. Um, yeah, throughout various funding rounds. So basically the, 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 the typical sort of venture uh, roadmap um, which we pursued back then. Um, I ran that company as one of two managing directors until 2019. Then me being 30, uh, I made the decision to leave this company and um, take well take some time off. Uh, um, so six months off. I, um, I went to Africa, uh, which I, I have a very, very deep passion for, for nature, for conservation, for, for animals, and particularly for the continent Africa, um, for various reasons. And uh, well, I, I, back then, when I was 30, I, I, I managed to spend almost half a year there, um, only doing conservation work, education, etc. And um, before I left, um, I re-met with uh, Christian uh, Engermeyer, uh, who I knew for eight years already uh, back then. And uh, he asked me to, to start a business together. And um, then we made the decision to start a venture capital fund, uh, which is today my main job um, called Elevate Capital. Um, and uh, well, basically, that's what, I'm, what I've been doing now for the last almost two years already. And um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's it from a, from a professional perspective. Apart from that, today I, I live in Berlin. Or, well, I must say I spent most of the time in Berlin. Um, I'm, I'm a frequent traveler. Uh, again, um, but I spend most of the time in Berlin. Uh, I love doing sports, so um, just uh, always, um, always basically, I've been doing sports, uh, field hockey in my past. Today it's rather running, gym, squash, etc. These things. Um, but um, yeah, I'm definitely a sports person, and um, yeah, I, I hope that gives us sort of a good kickstart. Yes, absolutely. So you know, let's let's maybe start start uh, you know at the beginning uh, you said you come from a from an entrepreneurial um, family and you know let, let's let's kind of like unravel a little bit your you as a person you know would you say that um, that your path in the sense of like how you went was like predefined I mean if you look like if in the position that you're right now and you look back basically at the last let's say decade of your life okay would you say that your path was kind of like logical in the steps that were in it so kind of like the different stations like okay so i'm gonna go studying economics and then you know i always was sure i'm gonna start a business so you start a business and um and then you're now in vc would you say that this is kind of a path that was predest uh, predestined for you because of where you're coming from because of how you grew up or you know in any sense like that yeah 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, uh, looking backwards, it definitely looks looks like it. But um, today, I can say that um, basically my entire career is, is is mainly a result from from different uh, incidents. Yeah. So whenever I, I mean, to be honest, I, I really enjoy like walking through the world with with open eyes and and, and looking for opportunities. And and um, I really also love to to work with people. So um, I also have a, I know a lot of people. Um, and um, like taking these two things together, like being very open-minded and, 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 and knowing a lot of people, I think it's just um, that, that certain opportunities ar arise over time. And um, uh, it, it's not that, that I was sitting at, I don't know, like 10 years ago or so, I wasn't sitting at my desk and planning the next 10 years. And, and I said, okay, look, I, first I started my first company and then uh, second I started my second and third, I, I end up being partner in a venture capital fund. So it was not really, really planned in a way that, um, you could linearly follow this um, this trajectory, but obviously, um, I um, I mean, I, I, I have some motives, or I, back then I had some motives that that clearly reflect what I'm doing today. So I, I really love working independently. I really love making decisions. I really love working in an entrepreneurial environment and uh, spending spending most of my time with with, with very smart people. Um, so, yeah. I think it's not to be honest. If I'd ask my friends from uh, from 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 high school, none of them would be surprised, or none of, none of them is surprised um, of uh, what I'm doing today. But again, it's not that I was sitting back there and and, and said, okay, look, step by step, that's my path to become partner of venture capital fund. Right. Okay. Then let's talk about Elevate. Um, so you guys guys are a little bit under the radar, um, you know, and yeah, for 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 purpose, to be honest. Okay, for purpose. I mean, so there's really interesting people that are, um, let's say, behind this entire thing. And um, you already mentioned one name. And, you know, let's let's maybe then start at the beginning. So um, you said, so Christian Youngerman, as you mentioned, right? So you said you, you met him up and, and he proposed to Yeah, so, so basically the story behind Elevate is actually, it's quite an exciting story because um, I never wanted to become an investor. So never, <laughs> never. And um, when... When Christian and I met, uh, well, we first met, it was in 2012. Um, and back then I was doing an internship at a mid-cap private equity fund in Frankfurt. And uh, Christian was basically the, the single, or at least the most significant limited partner of this private equity fund. And uh, Thomas, uh, who's uh, another partner of Elevate today, uh, he back then, he was, my, he was my boss, actually. So he was, I think, I don't know, associate or so, or principal, I don't know. And I was the intern. So Thomas and I, we were working together operationally, and Christian and I, we met randomly, and uh, literally in the coffee kitchen of that of that company, um, and then we started chatting. And afterwards, um, we stayed in touch, sort of uh, via LinkedIn, Facebook. So he always knew what I was doing, and I always knew what he was doing. So we had some sort of connection, Christian and me. Thomas and me, we always stayed friends, and we always stayed in close contact. And although we did different things, um, yeah, back then we became friends, and then we we always uh, exchanged ideas. And then it was 2019, um, and then my, I, I just left my old company, and um, that's really important to me. I made the decision to leave my old company without knowing what I want to do next. So it was not that I traded one for the other, but it was really, I made a very, very conscious decision that my previous job was no longer my job. And um, then, then I left the company, and there were literally two or three weeks in which I didn't know what I, what I was going to do next. Uh, and um, that, that was 2019. And then um, it was beginning of August uh, when Christian called me uh, and said, look, I oh, know it was actually Thomas, Thomas calling me and said, hey, uh, Marlon, um, I have Christian on, on, uh, on the phone. Um, can, we, uh, can we speak? I was like, yeah, sure, let's, let's speak. What are we talking about there? Yeah. I said, yeah, um, he wants to pitch an idea to you. And then it was Christian basically pitching Thomas and me so, hey, I have an idea. I want to set up a venture capital fund and uh, I want to have you guys running the show. And I said, okay, um, but um, Christian, you know that I haven't done that before. And you know that during the last years, I've always been on the other side of the table. And he said, yeah, yeah, it's all good. But um, um, why don't we discuss that over dinner? Can you come to Frankfurt tomorrow night? And it was uh, August 8, 2019, uh, when we all met in Frankfurt, Thomas, Christian and me, and we were all sitting at a table. And I, I literally, I started... Um, I started the entire conversation with, um, I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for the invitation, but um, two things. A, I'm not going to start a job uh, because I'm going to be in Africa for the next month. And B, I'm 
definitely not a, not on the, I don't see myself um, becoming an investor. So because I'm an entrepreneur, period. So, and then there was Christian, and he's um, I know I don't know if you ever managed to to um, to get to know him like in, in person, but he's he's a super charming, winning character. And he was sitting there. He said, "No, no, no. We're not going to talk about jobs. Just let's, like, in general, exchange views on on how we could potentially set it up." Yeah. Anyway, and then um, I mean, the the end is uh, the end is clear. So eventually, we we all made the decision that um, it's going to be Christian, Thomas, and me starting Elevate Capital together. Um, given that we all have very, very different, um, I think, talents and 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 strength. And um, so it was us three sitting there and said, okay, we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to do it not now, because again, I, I was really, really um, strict with, um, with my decision that I'm, I'm, I will spend some, some time off. Yeah? Um, and uh, so I, I really pushed also, I pushed against Christian. I said, look, I really appreciate it. But if you want to start now, I'm not going to do it. If you want to start in two months, I'm not going to do it. If you want to start in, let's say, five months from now, I'm your man. But before that, there's no chance that I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that um, uh, on that opportunity. Yeah, and then um, we made the decision to to kick it off and uh, started in January 2020. And uh, yeah, I've been doing that together since. Why do you think he asked you? I mean, he probably told you. But to be frank, I mean, there's a lot of people that started a company, right? There's a lot of young people that started a company that went to a good university that uh, then had some experience in some either investment banking or consulting, stuff like that. I mean, you're in that sense, you know, from a profile, yeah. there's a lot of people like you. Yeah, let me let me let me add on that, actually. Um, and to be quite transparent here, my, my first company that didn't even work out in the long run. So it even failed. Yeah. So uh, in, in a nutshell, Christian asked the guy uh, who started a failed company uh, and who hasn't done a single investment from the others uh, as an investor before, if he wants to be his partner in a venture capital fund. So let's put it this way. That's what he did. Yeah. And why did he do that? Um, I mean, obviously, to be honest, I, I don't really know uh, because I, um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not Christian. Um, obviously, I asked him. And what he back then said, <laughs> I think that's, to be honest, it's, it's the most important, um, it's the most important um, character trait uh, that you want to have if you look for, for, for a partner and not for an employee. Um, it is that you have someone you can rely on yeah? and, and, and you have someone you know he's smart enough to, to dig into it and uh, to, to get on speed quickly um, and who's a, a um, yeah, who, who also develops a certain level of dedication. And um, I think those character traits were, were things that Christian saw in me back then. Um, on top, Thomas, uh, our third partner, um, who I've been friends with now for 10 years, almost um i think you also put in a very very good uh, uh word for me obviously um but uh, eventually it was a leap of faith uh from christian yeah so we could have easily hired i don't know someone from goldman sachs or so but um he definitely wanted to have someone who looks at it as an entrepreneur and he wanted to have someone on board who who knows he can trust so um yeah i don't know if that that completely answers your question or your your indicated question but um, I think that's that's what what drove him back then. Yeah, well, it, it does answer the question. I mean, ultimately, I guess it comes down to um, well, yes, probably two things, right? So either his 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 gut feeling, and then basically Thomas kind of like putting a word in for uh, in for you because Thomas probably knew you better because you yeah. spent more time together, etc. Right? And I guess that com trust component is probably a very big one, right? So, I mean, just hiring a person is. You never know what you can expect from that person, but if you if you are really sure that you can trust that person, right? And trust you can only have trust in someone if you don't like gut feeling is one thing, but I think trust only develops if there's a relationship, right? You, sure. need, to have, yeah. you need to have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And and, right. and particularly, I think what what he knew back then is that if I say yes, I'll definitely I'll definitely hustle a lot yeah, to get on on speed quickly. Um, because that's what he knew already. So when, when, I, when I commit to something, I'm 120% serious about it. And um, I think that that was clear to him. And um, I mean, Christian and I, we, we talk a lot, obviously, on a daily basis. And so far, he, I think he's, 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 he's quite happy with the decision he made back then, <laughs> so, from what I can tell. Yeah, good for him, good for you. So, 
So let's let's talk about let's let's talk about basically the, the context, right? So let's talk about the actual funds. Let's talk about the idea that Christian had. So I can set it up and how that fits into the overall context. Yeah. So um, I mean, Elevate. Uh, Elevate is a 125 million euros venture capital fund. Um, geographical focus is Europe. Uh, the 125 million euros is not exclusively Christian or our partners' money, but it's um, it's a typical, it's a normal GPLP structure uh, with a very strong uh, corner um, LP and also um, comparatively strong commitments from from the partnership. So even like even Thomas and I, we we invested in the fund. Christian invested the most, um, the largest ticket in the fund, but uh, still we have more than 75 external limited partners. Um, and 80, 80, 80 million out of these 125 million come from external partners. So um, it's not that we, we're just a extension of, of Christian's uh, venture activities, but we really have fund structure. Um, Christian himself, uh, he managed to build up a, a single family office or his single family office of the last years. Um, the single family office is called a Pyron and the Pyron has, has been active in, 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 in various fields, but a lot or specifically in, uh, in, in, in biotech and medtech. Um, for instance, um, Achai is, I think, one of the most, um, yeah, most renowned, uh, at least recent um, success stories um, from the Pyron. Um, then we've been active as a group a lot in uh, fintech and insurtech. And um, so we as a group, I think we also have certain capabilities when it comes to a, an understanding of capital markets or also um, understanding of the overall IPO process, et cetera. So I think that, that that's, that's important to know. So we as Elevate, we are sort of a, I don't want to say a subsidiary, but we are very closely related to, to a Pyron and thus also have access to all the expertise and all the knowledge uh, which, is, which is there in the group. And as I just said, or um, try to explain is that this knowledge is particularly um, uh, uh, given in, uh, in, in the biotech and medtech space. It's particularly given in the uh, fintech and insurtech space. And it's also particularly given in um, the overall uh, function of um, capital market understanding and, and an IPO processes. So um, that's, that's how we work together with the Pyron and Elevate is a, as I said, it's 125 million euros fund focused geographically on Europe. And when it comes to um, industrial focus, um, we we used to we always used to say we're generally agnostic. So we just we, we only do deals that um, where where we can really help the company to become more valuable. So um, most of these companies or most of the deals we did are rather later stage. So it's mostly Series A onwards. Um, average ticket size, let's say, is roughly 10 million euros um, per per investment. And um, and um, what's important for us is, as I just tried to explain, is that we really want to we, we see us as entrepreneurs. So we don't see ourselves as a passive investor uh, um, that that chips in money and say, okay, look, now I'm going to talk um, when 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 you, you're going to raise the next round. But in the meantime, leave us alone. Um, it's rather the opposite. So we invest, and then we always get a board seat. We always work together with the management very very closely, and we try to help. With the knowledge and the network and the expertise that we have um, um, uh, given our background and our origins and um, so although i just said we are generally agnostic um, uh, industry agnostic it turns out that most of our investments and uh, if you know now our background it's not, not a surprise but most of our investments turn out to happen in the biotech and medtech area um, they turn out to happen in, um, in, in the fintech space and they are um, um, more and more companies where we invest where we say okay we see a clear path to an ipo here uh, may not be within the next 12 months but maybe within 18 to 24 36 months so that's basically how how we look at companies and um, how, how we invest and um, out of the 125 million um, we started last last year in uh, may we started deploying capital and um, as of today we um, almost invested 80 percent of the fund and we'll most likely raise our second fund, which is then Elevate Capital Fund two next year. So I think that that's, um, or I hope at least that, that that gives them a good overview. Yes, absolutely. So um, then let's put it this way. So you said you focus in Europe. Uh, 
you gave a very good overview. So good job on that one. And you said that uh, it, it turns out that most of the investments are in the biotech and medtech space. Uh, tickets are upwards. Uh, and, and fintech. Yeah. And fintech, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Then uh, let's put it this way. So you said we, we see ourselves as entrepreneurs, right? I guess that is a very important one. I mean, I talk also to a lot of VC people. I'll talk to a lot of entrepreneurs. And uh, uh, so one of the things that comes, comes very clear, especially from the entrepreneur side of, uh, side of the table, is that um, the best VCs are the ones um, that have been entrepreneurs themselves because they, they can really feel the journey. They, they, you know, they understand what the people are going through and, and they can help because they've been in the position themselves, right? But um, so let, let's, let's then go a little bit more into detail, right? So what exactly do you bring to the table? Because I, I would assume that biotech and medtech, so or I'm, I'm gonna focus on yeah. that one. So you said yeah. tech as well, but let's say biotech and medtech, right? It's a very specific field and um, you're gonna share some light on it. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some clusters that where you have a higher output of, of companies coming out. But still, I guess it's it's very it's not as common as consumer tech, right? Or like you know, software businesses, etc. So finding people or finding startups or deal flow in general is probably not as as a high output as as in the other sectors. From a, from your perspective, how do you what do you bring to the table? So when when you approach these companies, right? Yeah. So it's I mean let's let's stick to biotech, uh, given that you you mentioned it. Um, I mean a little surprising. Uh, it is not us. Uh, sitting on the table and discussing about the science of uh, a biotech company. Yeah, this would, would maybe fun, but definitely not not helpful. Um, so um, what what we bring to the table um, are, are various things. Um, one thing is, for instance, given that we we um, we invested in a lot of biotech companies and we um, also um, exited a lot of biotech companies, we as a group uh, um, have a very very uh, um, good network um, when it comes to hiring the right people um, for a let's say for a biotech company. Yeah. So, and again, I'm not talking about scientists, but I'm talking about, for instance, the CFO or medical directors or the CEO or COO or you name it. Yeah. So basically, profiles that every company should have, um, which which um, are not directly related to science. Um, um, so this is one thing. Another thing is obviously also the entire understanding of um for instance ip protection yeah so how can you set up an intellectual property uh and defend it or make it a defendable uh, 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 asset um in, in in your biotech company so we have a lot of experience here and it's not only christian thomas and me who, who bring this experience to the table but it's mainly and that's actually i think the most interesting part it's mainly all the other it's the chief scientific officers of all the other shareholdings that we have so for us, so it's very easy uh, to connect, let's say, an, uh, a venture of Elevate with the CSO of um, Atai or the CSO of Compass or the CSO of, you name it. Yeah. So whatever company you, you have there, all these companies, they went through very similar trajectories and they went through very similar um, uh, um, uh, processes. And so we can just bring the right people together. So that's definitely another thing. And ultimately, as I just said, in the beginning, um, we have a lot of capital market expertise. This is nothing which is um, uh, specific to, to the biotech uh, field now, but um, we, we see that a lot of biotech companies, um, that, that, we, that we, we are successful in, 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 in writing the right equity stories and, and raising the funds and getting a, the, the best investors on board for, among others, biotech companies. So I think um, to, to put it in a nutshell, it's, uh, it's, um, it's not that we contribute to science, but it's rather to contribute to um, um, organizational setup and organizational development or business development. If you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? Especially when you have the network. And I guess that also kind of like is, is a little bit um, giving the answer for my, my follow-up question that I had in general is, um, how do you guys manage deal flow, right? As, as I quickly mentioned, I said yeah. like there's... Um, there's, there's not something that is very common, right? There's not a lot of biotech entrepreneurs. Um, uh, the system, especially in Europe, is, is let's say how let's say how it was originally set up. You know, with a university spin-offs, etc. Maybe you can give us some 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 light on that. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, deal flow for us is um, it's overall um, it's it's a passive thing. So it's not that we reach out to companies because we say oh, it sounds interesting what you guys are doing. Um, our deal flow, one hundred percent of our deal flow is definitely from from our network. So people call us, people send us emails and say, hey, you really need to meet these guys, this company, um, this founder, or whatever. So um, deal flow comes interestingly from from people we've been working with for a long time already. And that's good uh, because that's the first um, first sort of filter or selection criterion, um, which helps us to to focus our resources on on those few deals that that we really look at. So um, and unlike um, many other VCs, our deal flow is also it's it's I mean it's just we don't have a vast amount of deals. So it's not that we look at twenty deals per week. It's rather five. Uh, so um, we we're really really selective here as well and heavily rely on our network, which is great. Let's talk about Germany and Europe in general. I mean, you said like with Elevate, you focus on Europe, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things have been happening within the last, let's say, year. Um, a lot of companies in Germany have been raising big rounds. Um, I also generally think that there's more and more happening. Um, you said like, yeah, we're still, you know, we're not really, let's say, Daring enough, I, I also agree on that, but let's say, how do you look at, I mean, you've also been in the game now for, for quite some time. How do you look at Germany and let's say compare that to, um, to the rest of the European markets? Maybe, let me, let me try to structure it. Um, maybe, maybe three thoughts. Um, right. One thought is that, or, oh, it's not even a thought, it's actually an observation that there's still a misconception of how startups on venture capital and, 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 and this entire industry works um, in, the, in, in, in the overall society. So um, we're, I mean, if you, if, if you, if you, um, if you go to um, places beyond, uh, beyond Berlin, Munich and Hamburg and ask people for how they believe um, um, founding a company works, um, and 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 so on. I think there's still a lot of mis misconception around this entire industry, and it's not that we're all uh, I don't know um, young young billionaires uh, running around uh, in, in their hoodies and, and sitting in, in in a coffee shop with a MacBook and thereby earn, earn money. Um, most people don't. Yeah, most people work off their ass, and 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 most people don't don't earn money with it, but a lot of experience. So there is a this sort of a misconception. Also, some of um, prejudice, um, I'd even say, um, towards towards us as an industry, um, so towards founders, startups, um, and 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 young people who try to do their own thing, and um, I think there 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 needs to be more education on um, on how we as an industry even actually work. That's one thing. So this misconception between us and the rest of the society. Um, another thing is, um, and I really don't get it, um, is why. Why, why the government basically, or why, um, yeah, particularly in Germany, um, still doesn't dare to to back venture capital funds with state money, um, and not necessarily as a subsidy, um, but really as an investment. Um, I mean, it's it's just like if you, from an economic perspective, it just makes sense. Yeah? It just makes sense to invest in venture capital funds or in private equity funds, but particularly in venture capital funds, because these usually drive innovation and create uh, um, create jobs, et cetera. So, um, and on top of that, statistically give you an economic return, which is far beyond um, uh, I don't know, even corporate bonds um, or, or alike in which, uh, in which governmental institutions usually invest in. So um, this is really something I, I don't understand, and I, I'd, I'd love to, um, I'd love to better understand. But um, so far, I, I don't, and, and I personally, I, I would really appreciate it if, um, if, if Germany as a state or the European Union as a um, conglomerate of states would tend, tend to invest more in, in, in us as an asset class, in venture capital as an asset class, and thus indirectly in, in startups and innovative ideas. So that's a, a second um, um, a second opinion that I have, and the third thing, which is also closely related to my to my first point of this misconception, but the third thing that, and again, it's it's rather an observation and not necessarily a, a gut feeling, unfortunately, um, that 
our our overall education system, um, and it starts from 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 school and, and goes on to university. Um, if you exclude the the very few private universities uh, which really focus on creating entrepreneurs and um, and, and and the like, um, most of our of our um, education still aims to to create employees and still cre uh, um, or even 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 worse civil servants. Yeah, so um, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, that everybody should become an entrepreneur, but I, I'm, I'm saying that um, we as a society would definitely benefit um, from, from more, more people becoming entrepreneurs after university and, and daring more. And because um, again, uh, that all boils down to, 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 to the number of innovations and to um, eventually also jobs that we create. Um, and um, this is really something where, where I say, there's a there's a gap between um, what what university tells you what is good and and what you what you should do with your life and and what um, would be overall beneficial for 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 us as a country or for us as a society. Yeah, yeah, especially in that last point, I, I think there's things happening, you know. I, but it, that's also a cultural thing, right? I mean, like culturally, like if you compare the U.S. to to, to Germany, yeah. right? Obviously, like yeah, you. It's, it's, it's something else, right? And, and the system that we're living in in Germany is, the, let's say, a system of stability, right? A system of consistency. And um, yeah, and the, and, and, and the system basically where you're always bailed out. Um, so you yeah. as an individual, you, you, you're not educated to take on risks. So um, yeah. um, you basically, you, you always have the state uh, which bails you out in case you fuck it up. And um, I'm not arguing. Uh, I'm not arguing um, for a entirely American system because obviously in the United States there's a lot of things um, which are I, I have to say which are definitely worse than in Germany. Also societal things, but at the same time the level of self responsibility is much higher there, and uh, not only there. Uh, it's also um, also in other countries. But um, as you said, it's a cultural thing. And if we as as people are educated in a way that we say, um, look. Um, <laughs> Doesn't matter what what kind of decisions you make because eventually you, you don't have to take a risk you don't have to take you don't you, so you, you always have someone who bails you out uh, that's i don't know i think that's that, that kills innovation and progress a lot yeah which is funny because i mean it would actually be like uh, the perfect ground for somebody to start a company right because like what is the worst yeah. that can happen to you right yeah, yeah but the thing is also you always you always have to, let's say, kind of question your own perspective. Like, what is it that you're looking for, right? And so, let's say, within your peer group, obviously, you know, you and I now, we're looking from this, you know, technical kind of startup perspective, etc. And without the last, throughout the last years, there's been more and more things happening, right? So, if you go to to any university right now, bigger university in Germany, right? There's like startup centers being created from, let's say, you know, I mean, it's yeah. a little, it's it's not really a lot of budget, right? It's um, maybe a little bit of a the two two digit, let's say, million kind of um, amount that is being invested there, but it's still happening. But the thing is, you know, entrepreneurs have always been there and will always be there. You know, they might not, let's say, found the the next um, you know social network or whatever, but I mean, there's entrepreneurs, right? The same as, for example, your parents or your grandparents. They've they've always been there, and the same goes for, let's say, young people in all these places that are yes. starting companies, right? That's yes. that's that's the thing. It's 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 absolutely there. I, I would not, I would uh, because it's a, it's a people thing, right? Can can you can you? The thing is, for example, can you turn somebody into an entrepreneur? You know, because for example, you said you always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I, I have a clear answer to that. To be honest, I think you cannot turn someone into an entrepreneur. Exactly. Um, but but you can facilitate that someone who has an entrepreneurial tendency really dares to become an entrepreneur. And I think there are more people with entrepreneurial tendencies or, or interests out there um, than entrepreneurs by far. And it's really about this, this gap. And it's not about turning each and everyone into, um, uh, into entrepreneurs because if everyone was an entrepreneur, I mean, <laughs> this exactly. wouldn't work out, work out either. So um, one thing uh, a serial entrepreneur investor told me like, uh, couple of weeks ago was like if you if you try to justify it to start something or if you if you're like you know thinking in your head of like okay am i supposed to start or am i supposed to not start it then you're not ready then you're not ready to start it because the thing is if you want to start something you're going to start it no matter 
what kind of the status quo is, what what yeah, you know, what your what your family thinks, what your friends are thinking, what society tells you, whether it sounds logical or not, you're gonna start because that's just what you feel and that's what you who you are. What are some of the things that you've been looking at in the past, let's say six to twelve months? You know, what are some 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 topics uh, that you kind of like from from your own interest, but also let's say obviously uh, out of elevate. Um, yeah, so I think um, particularly this year um, we have we have we have shifted our focus a bit on on, on two further industries. Uh, one of them is um, alternative proteins, um, which includes um, alternatives to meat, alternatives to cheese, yes. uh, etc., milk, cow milk. Um, this is one thing, and the other thing is. Um, we internally refer to as infrastructure or construction. Um, so, um, and both basically both industries or our interests for both industries um, follows our hypothesis that these these industries will change significantly over the next probably even three to five years. So really, really soon um, for various reasons. Uh, if you look at, I mean, uh, let's start with alternative protein. Um, I personally, I've, I've been uh, living as a vegetarian for 16 years now, almost 17. Uh, and I always had a personal interest in uh, vegan or vegetarian diet. And um, so out of, out of private curiosity, um, I've, I've been following this market, um, like mainly from a, from a shelf, shelf perspective in a supermarket because it was it tend to be empty yeah, 10, 10 years ago. So there were, there were no alternative proteins. Um, except for uh, soy and, and tofu, yeah, which is definitely not um, not uh, not uh, not enough. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I personally always had this interest, and I've been following this industry very closely. And I believe yeah, we, as a society, and even if you look beyond those, like let's say early adopter, early adopter vegan or vegetarian people, most of them are actually athletes um, because athletes understood. Even I, when I stopped eating meat, it was back then. It was mainly for a um, for, for an athletic uh, reason. Uh, um, back then, uh, today I have different motives, but back then it was for an athletic personal reason. And even if you look beyond these early adopters um, uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a target group, like more and more people. And again, I'm not only talking about Berlin, Munich, Hamburg, but I'm really talking about um, this us as a society. More and more people start becoming vegetarian or vegan for different motives and. Uh, I also believe I would go thus far and say um, this is there, there is no way that we as a as a global society uh, continue um, having having this diet and this uh, protein or animal protein based diet for for longer and uh, because this is just I mean it, 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 it yeah pardon my French but it really fucks up us as a as a as a planet yeah and, and, and this includes society nature. Um, so all aspects, and, um, and 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 even apart from from the fact that I th I personally believe it's unethical to kill other uh, uh, other species, um, uh, but uh, or, or other 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 animals. But um, I think this is um, this is something where we see a lot of regulatory uh, uh, um, um, impact over the next years, and we also see a consumer change over the next years, and we see. That, um, that, that the market is still in its early days. So this is why we put it on our radar. We already did our first investment. We're now doing the second and um, we, we, we are, we're digging into it um, yeah, step by step. And um, um, the, the good thing here is it is very closely related to, um, to biotech as a field um, because um, the things we look at is really at alternative proteins in a way that it is like, for instance, um, uh, lab-grown meat, yeah, which is technically it's 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 meat, but uh, it hasn't been produced uh, as as meat uh, has been produced over the last uh, decades. Yeah? So it it is really really closely related to biotech. So we do have some expertise here. We do have um, we do have the right network to assess ideas, and I think we are we um, we are definitely putting this further on our radar for the next month. Um, that's on alternative meat, uh, alternative protein, sorry. Um, the other industry we look at um, more and more is uh, infrastructure and construction. Um, why is that? Uh, interesting for similar reasons, because um, 
even here, you see that uh, if you look, at, let, let's say if you look at real estate construction, like how buildings are being constructed in 2021, like in the, the, it is still very, very similar to how buildings have been constructed like 50 years ago. Um, so it's still um, very concrete, heavy. Uh, it is uh, very decentralized. Um, it is very, um, I'd even go with that far and say it's inefficient how, how buildings are, are, are planned and maintained. So there is a lot of um, room for improvement. And again, I'd go thus far and say there will be um, also regulatory, uh, um, uh, there will be a regulatory impact on this overall construction industry and, and real estate or the way how real estate um, will, 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 be, will be created um, will change tremendously over the next five to 10 years, for sure, 100% uh, sure. And um, yeah, so these, these are two, two industries that we have on our radar and um, where we are, um, we, we did one investment in alternative protein, as I said, we're now doing the second and we have done three investments in this overall infrastructure construction tech um, uh, industry yet, so. Okay, let's, let, let's kind of, uh, be, because we're, we're, you know, we're kind of running out of time. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about financial markets, but you know, since I had really put myself um, you know, to, to, get, to get this really covered, uh, is to talk about um, the Amos Foundation, right? Because I really want to talk about this. I find this very interesting. And um, I, 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 I know a lot of people, but I don't really know a lot of people that are doing work like that. So, um, you know, very interesting. Please tell us more. Please tell us about like, you know, the beginning and, and what it is and, and why you're doing this. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I, I'd love to, yeah. Because <laughs> as I said, I have a, my, my main job is Elevate and uh, I have a second main job, uh, which is uh, the Amos Foundation. And uh, Amos Foundation, or Amos stands for Africa's most endangered species. And uh, we are a foundation with the single objective to make Africa a safer place for animals. So that's that's our, our true north. And um, the foundation, um, I, I started the foundation one and a half years ago after I came back from, from Southern Africa and after I experienced a lot of yeah, things there. Um, most of these things were, were cruel, but at least um, they, they, they motivated me to become active. And if you look at um, the development of, of different animal populations over the last decades uh, and, and or centuries, um, that's just just frightening. Yeah? And and we as a as a um, we as a as a human species, I'd even say, we also have the responsibility to 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 maintain maintain the planet and maintain biodiversity and maintain species because otherwise, there's no way yeah, that that that. Um, I, I, I don't want to live in a world yeah, where, where, where there are no longer any elephants left, rhinos left, lions left, um, just to name some, some few very well, well-known animals at least. And um, so I personally, I have a very deep connection to Africa. So I, uh, as I said, I sort of grew up in Cape Town. I at least spent a lot of time there and uh, still have friends there. Um, part of my family lives there. And I always went to, to South Africa or Southern Africa for, for holiday. And um, I always spend these holidays um, with, with, with animals and in nature. And um, so I always had this close connection to conservation and, and, and these, these topics. And um, like two years ago, uh, before I, I, I started with Elevate and basically after I, I agreed with, with Christian that we're gonna do that together, I jumped on a plane and flew to Africa, to Namibia, to Zimbabwe, to South Africa. And I did, did things like anti-poaching, uh, trainings I, I i participated in different conservation units so i i also talked a lot to people who um who do that for a living uh, who do conservation for a living and i experienced a lot of things back then and um then i made the decision that i want to become active and i want to contribute to make africa a safer place for animals and i mean obviously i could have said i could have called christian and say look christian um i'm not gonna not gonna become your partner at elevate because i i don't know i want to become a ranger or Get a get a trained vet or whatever, but obviously my 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 lever is much 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 bigger if I manage to set up an organization which then itself enables other people to become rangers or enables other people to become better vets or which invest in infrastructure etc. Because 
my major talent is definitely not. I mean, maybe I'm a good race. I don't know to be honest, but maybe I maybe I was a good a good ranger, but um, I'm I'm definitely a better entrepreneur than a ranger, and I also have a better network um, than than um, than most other people down there. So my idea was to set up Amos as an organization um, of entrepreneurs, um, entrepreneurially thinking people. So um, we are all entrepreneurs ourselves, or investors, or partners, or um, CEO, CFO kind of people um, but we all claim for ourselves that we had a lot of luck in our lives obviously otherwise we wouldn't we, we wouldn't be here and um, this also sort of like this privilege also gives us a certain responsibility and this responsibility is to make the world a better place in general I really believe this is one of my of my of my grounding um, grounding beliefs that that people like us, um, should not only or must not only focus on ourselves, but we really think about how can we make the world a better place. And not everybody needs to needs to get active um, in, in 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 conservation and animals and nature. Um, but like, I mean, there are obviously many many other fields you can become active. But I personally said, okay, for me it is nature and animals. So, bottom line, Amos today is a foundation registered in Germany. We are more than 95 entrepreneurs now. Every entrepreneur commits at least 3,000 euros per year over 10 years. Uh, on average, it's uh, 6.5k. So we are currently um, running at a, um, at a, at a quite, quite decent uh, recurring donation volume, uh, which has been growing. And we use that money to, um, to kick off projects in, uh, in South Africa and Namibia. We just bought our first reserve um, a few months ago. We now run that. We, um, uh, we implemented a, uh, an own school there, so where we educate locals to become rangers. We set up an orphanage and, and a rehab center for, for animals at our own reserve. Um, we, um, we, we hired and, and, and educated and equipped um, an anti-poaching unit. So we now have 16 um, 17, actually, 17 employees in South Africa, all locals, all on our payroll, and uh, we run that first reserve. And the overall idea is basically to increase the number of, of AMOS guardians. So um, guardians is, is, is the, the internal term for, for sort of members. Um, so we want to increase this, um, this number continuously over the next years uh, and thereby really become a, an influential, powerful club of like-minded people who travel there together uh, who have great times and to um, who make the world a world a better place by by even enjoying it so that's um that's aim is in a nutshell and to be honest if you've asked me like you know, 18 months ago um where i'd see ourselves uh one and a half years later i wouldn't have i wouldn't have guessed that um that the feedback was so tremendously positive and that 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 we would be able to grow that fast um so um, I'm, I personally, I must say, I'm, I'm also still um, overwhelmed when I when I when I look at what we as a group or what we as a as an organization have achieved over the last one and a half years. Yeah, that's that's uh, Amos in a nutshell. Amos in a nutshell, yeah, that, incredible. Um, what's your? I, I really I admire that. Um, I, I I admire the entire activity. I admire the persistence and and your connection and you know the execution of that and also i mean from from what what you said like in terms of what you guys achieved uh you know and, and the the fact that you know you, you do that basically that your main job you say is elevate right and that you you can like sit here and say like yeah we're you know we bought our first reserve and <laughs> we have like a, a, a um you know a, a, a porching uh, anti-porching unit there you know with like people actually like you know working there and stuff that's it's, it's incredible what's your you said like yeah you want to have this as a kind of influential and powerful institution uh, what is your bigger vision in the sense of um you know with this with this organization obviously like growing the guardians etc but like what is what would be like a major milestone for you to like um to achieve i mean what is our overall vision and it's a very bold vision as i, as I said like we really want to Want to make Africa a safer place for animals, yeah? and, and that means that um, that uh, poaching is, is no longer an issue in most um, in most uh, sub-Saharan countries. Uh, and today it is. And um, why is it? Well, mainly because locals 
I mean, there's no local who 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 wakes up or who's born and says, "Look, I always want to become a poacher." So it's always um, it's not that they. It's usually because of yeah lack of alternatives, unfortunately, sometimes. And it's obviously because of um, still very very high demand for for things like ivory or rhino horn, etc. From 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 Asia, um, mainly China. Um, so um, what is our overall vision? To no longer have to deal with with um, with endangered species because uh, they are no longer endangered, um, in, in, in maybe in ten years or so from now, and um, that's that's maybe from 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 the objective perspective. Um, how do we want to get there? Well, um, we will increase Amos or the the number of Amos guardians over the next years. Um, we'll most likely um, get to a point where we'll be a few hundreds. Uh, well, a couple of hundreds of, of, of guardians uh, who, who engage in, in, in what we do. Um, that being said, we'll for sure have uh, various reserves, uh, not only in South Africa, but also in Namibia, Tanzania, and, and Zambia, and Zimbabwe. So you name it, basically in, in, in each country where we, um, where we believe that we can have a positive impact. And um, thus, we will also be able to, to get local influential people um, involved uh, because again, if, if we manage to become an organization of 500, let's say entrepreneurial, mainly Western European, um, interesting people, we as an organization, we as a community, we will definitely be a very attractive um, target or a very attractive peer group for 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 um, for influential people um, down there. So um, I think this is definitely something which which is uh, which is special um, about our setup, and um, to be honest, there's there's no way that we will succeed if we don't manage to ally with influential people in in these African countries itself, because otherwise um, it's not us against them or them against us. It's really about um, getting getting the shit solve together yeah and um that's that's basically how we look at it very interesting uh marlon it was a pleasure to have you on the on the show you know thanks for being here you're an incredible young individual um you know professionally and uh i really enjoyed having this conversation yeah thanks for having me and uh, yeah looking forward to to further discussion in the future